Any opinions and advice given on the Way Less podcast are not considered medical nutrition therapy. Seek assistance from registered dietitians, licensed nutritionists, or your physician. Welcome to the Weight Less Podcast, a weight loss journey podcast with Roy and Randy, two guys on their journey to wellness, and maybe you are too. If you listen along the way, you'll get tips on how you can lose weight, you'll get recipes, you'll hear from experts, you'll hear from people just like you who are in the fight every day trying to make better, healthier decisions to live a better, healthier life. All right, Randy. We learned a lot about you on the first episode of the Way Less Podcast. And I feel like even though we spent 30 minutes talking with you, we barely scratched the surface of who you are and what you've accomplished with your 170-pound weight loss. And look, this is going to be something that we're not going to be able to really go into in one night. In one day, this is going to be, this is, you know, a journey and that's exactly what it is. And with us covering what I've been through so far in this episode, let's take a look at you because, you know, we're going to turn the page a little bit. Now it's your turn to tell us uh, what's going on with you. Now I've had the opportunity to know you uh, going on over 10 years now, Mm -hmm. and I have watched you go from, you know, and I, you hate to use the word, you were huge at one time. Yeah. Then you lost 100 pounds. Yep. Then you gained it back, but you not only gained the 100 pounds back, but you gained more back. Yeah. Walk me through, and let's start Let's start from the beginning. Okay. And, you know, I kind of know the story from the beginning because you and I are friends, but for the listener, let's let's go through when did this really start to become a quote unquote weight issue for you? You know, uh, from the South, just like you, you get your mama's cooking and mama's cooking's never nutritionally balanced. It just ain't. Right. Um, and growing up, I'd eat unhealthy, but to counter that, I was a kid. And I did sports. I was doing baseball. I did football. Um, in my off seasons of football, I remember I was also doing wrestling. And I did track. Now, not as a, a a runner, but like doing the shot put. And you know, I did basketball for for a season. And I was very athletic. And I, you got to think as a, one being a little kid and doing nothing but sports, you're burning the calories, right? Burning right. machine. And then when it got to high school and I looked around and everyone is now taking sports seriously because they want college scholarships. Meanwhile, I was just doing it to have friends and doing it because my my dad was a coach and it was just the thing you did. I didn't care anymore. So I stopped. So I went from probably burning thousands upon thousands of calories a day to barely, you know, much burning extra calories at all. I was I was just probably burning the the normal amount. I'd come home from school and I lived kind of a, you know, sedentary lifestyle. And then I'd hang out with friends. And what do you do when you want to go hang out with friends? You eat. Right. Go out to eat. You go hang out. We I remember in high school, me and my buddy Eric, we um we had a place that we loved to go to uh called Zaxby's, if you've heard of it. If you're if you're listening nationwide, maybe there's not a Zaxby's near you. It's a chicken shop. But if you if you're over here on the East Coast, we got the Zaxby's. And we'd call it the Z. Let's go to the Z. And we'd go to the Z at least once a week. 
And then we'd go to Arby's at least once a week. And we're young and we're stupid and we're doing things like, I remember we went to Arby's and we got a roast beef sandwich and then a chicken sandwich and combined the chicken with the roast beef to make a mega sandwich. Right. You know, you're a kid. You don't know. You st- I still had no nutritional information instilled into me. So if I had to think, you know, leading into the high school year of, um, leading to the senior year of my high school, I, I was probably starting to gain a little weight. I was a bigger guy, but I wasn't, it wasn't out of hand. You know, it was, it was well within grasp, just a bigger boy, you know, and, and coming from my football background, that was okay. Right. Cause I was a lineman. I was a center. You, you were supposed to be kind of big. Well, and I never, and in all, and in all fairness, when I first met you, you didn't have an issue. You were a big guy, but you you could move. Oh yeah, you you were doing things. It wasn't you know it wasn't like you know the weight had taken the life out of you. No, not yet. But it did. Right, it did. But it did. Um, well, I then got into my radio career at seventeen, eighteen years old, uh, and just as we kind of talked in the last episode. Um, you know, when we first met and we were going up in the radio together, uh, when I was going up on the radio, we, we were working the worst shifts at the worst hours and sitting there for, you know, we do 40 hours in three days and all of it would be sitting on our butts and, um, you know, hitting buttons. It was not a good situation for your health and you would just order food. Uh, or you'd, or you'd stop and pick up food, burgers, pick up a bag of burgers on the way in. You know, and then that kind of parlayed into me doing a night show. I got my first night show. I'm young. Made the decision to drop out of college because, you know, this whole radio thing was booming for me. Right. And um, then, so then, then I'm sitting at the radio station from four o'clock in the afternoon all the way until two o'clock in the morning. Right. And when you're at the radio station, you can't just leave work. You know, maybe at your job, you could just leave. But when you're performing a show, you can't just leave the show. Um, And so what would I do? I would order a pizza. Because in my hometown, we didn't have Postmates or Uber Eats or anything like that. You just had the delivery guy of Domino's. And how many nights, Randy, did you and I order a whole pizza and if not me eat all the pizza by myself, you and I split a pizza, and that's four slices each. If not, well, and then on top of that, get breadsticks. If if not ordering two pizzas. If not ordering two pizzas, 100% accurate. To sit there, and if you know, if we didn't order pizza, we'd always have that buddy that we could call and say, hey, I'm at the radio station. Do me a favor. Can you run us some food by here? Yep. And we I, would have a buddy bring us food. You know, maybe... If I actually cared about what I was putting in my mouth and I wasn't mindlessly eating, um, I would have thought about, oh, well, I'm going to be hungry later, so why don't I prepare a meal now so I could take it to work then? I didn't do any of that. I didn't think about that, and I also didn't think my weight was an issue. Well, and one of the things, too, when when you leave the radio station at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, you get home... You know, it's just like any other job. You'd need to kind of unwind a little bit. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't go to sleep just that then. I would have dinner, you know, at the radio station around 7 or 8, typically unhealthy, maybe pizza. And then around 1 a.m., 1.30, 2 a.m., I would swing by Sheets Gas Station. It's like Wawa's. It's like QT, uh, where they got the um, 
the 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 kitchen ready to go, made ready to, to go, go orders. Stuff. Yeah, and I would get no lie, two chili cheese dogs, a pepperoni pizza roll, two fried chicken wraps, and a large soda. That's a ton of food, right? But let me tell you what I did in my head. It was all cheap. So I'm thinking, well, $10 seems like a normal amount of money you would spend on one meal. $12 seems like a normal amount of money you would spend on one meal. That's how I justified it in my head. That's the the the, the poor lack of knowledge um, that I was I was working with. I thought, well, well it's, pro- it's probably not bad. And I, you know, and a lot of people hear us talking about fast food and things like that. Look, we don't want to say that you can't eat fast food. No, in fact, you as you listen to this podcast, we're going to instill in you that you can eat whatever you want. Exactly, but that's the thing. We just didn't have the knowledge mm-hmm. that we needed to order fast food correctly, right? And but we were at a point in our lives where we were sitting there, we were working strange shifts. And we were just consuming so many calories. I mean, we're talking 5,000, maybe even 6,000 calories a day. Oh, I, you know, I remember us, you know, leaving work or, you know, meeting up, going into work. And we would go by McDonald's and set and we would have, you know, six, seven, eight sandwiches setting on a table Mm-hmm. Chicken McNuggets, fries, and you're sitting there and you're looking at it going, this is enough to feed a small family. Yeah. But and but we ate but, it. But we ate it. And we, we ate. and and the sad thing about it was we didn't leave anything off the, you know, on the table. Now, if you're listening to this and you've never dealt with binge eating before, just know that for anyone that is binge eating, they have trained their stomachs to ingest that much food. Yes. And so it is not when they eat that much food, if you ate that much food, you'd feel like you're dying, right? You're, you're, you're ingesting way too much to them. That's dinner, right? That, right. They, that feels normal. If not, I mean, they may not feel satisfied at the end of it. They may feel like they want to eat more, right? That's kind of what binge eating can do to your stomach and do to your mind. Yeah, we did that. I mean, we would go to Chinese buffets before work and consume at least 4,000 calories at noon. Not to even to mention what we were going to do to our bodies at dinner time. Snacks right. along the way, soda as well at the office. You know, and so it spiraled greatly. Then came 2013, and I became a 911 operator, and I'm doing 12 hours, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., and I'm doing the most stressful job in my entire life, dealing with people on their worst days when when their nightmares is my normal day. You hear the worst. I heard murders. I heard suicides. I heard you name it. Um, and that took a toll because what am I? An emotional eater. Right. So back at it again. I'm doing an awful shift, 7P to 7A. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm just just plowing through food. Plowing through food. Now, I think it's important that <clears throat> through the midst of all this, it's not like I had no. Um, it's like it's not like I was completely unaware that things weren't okay. I did try some diets. I did try some Weight Watchers. I was aware every time I had to keep going up in size in my pants waistline 
I was like, okay, well, maybe I should try to do something. But everything I would try would fail. And it would fail for several reasons. Number one, I felt like it was too hard. Number two, when I would try to do it and I gave it my best, I didn't see results and I would get discouraged and I would give up. And three, I would say the number one reason, the, the reasons why it was failing was that I had, I still had not a healthy relationship with food. And these are all things that we'll unpack later. But just know that there's a lot of things working against me, even while I'm trying to diet. And it failed. And it's okay. You've probably listened to this going, I've tried diets before and they fail. That's okay. Right. Um, we'll try to give you some tools to make it, to make them not fail for you. Majority of the time, it's not your fault on why, the, why, why, why it's failing. There's typical other factors, other catalysts is what they call it. Well, now let's, let's take a step back for a second here because you have an accident. I do. Yeah, I, I kind of glazed over that. Yeah, you um, have an accident that really kind of, you know, not only packed the weight on you. Yeah. But, you know, with radio, and like you were saying, you know, we're in radio and you're a dispatcher. So you went from one job sitting in a chair yep, to another job sitting in a chair. To then and, an accident. Right. To where you're not out there. And, and in all fairness, there were times, like you said, we were trying different diets and things yeah. like that. And we were out walking and we would try to do different things. It's not like we were just completely uh, oblivious. Right. We knew that there was an issue here. But when the accident takes place, walk us through the accident here. And because I, th I really think, in my opinion, that's when I really saw you put the weight on yeah. to where you kind of just, you know, you were not moving. No, in, in late 2013, towards the end of my 911 uh, run, um, Service, if you, my 911 service, if you will. I got into an accident on a tractor hayride. And the accident is, it left me really banged up. Um, I had a brain injury. Um, I thought I was going to die that night. The tractor literally that we were on lost control and flew into a ravine. And I passed out and I woke up and they're asking me questions. And I didn't know anything. And I remember they were... Um, uh, calling in a helicopter for me because they needed to, the, the nearest hospital, the nearest trauma one uh, hospital was like a 40 minute drive or they could do like a 15 minute helicopter ride. So they're calling in the helicopter. Well, there comes this point to where there's a weight issue with getting me on a helicopter. Right, And it's not that the helicopter wouldn't take off. It's the fact of how do we secure him in the air? Because at this point, I was, I was already big. And so they're like, well, we can't get him in the helicopter, but he needs to get there fast. So what do they do? They get this uh, special trauma ambulance and they duct tape me because they don't have the necessary tools to haul me at the time because I'm a big guy. Um, and they duct tape me to the stretcher. And they fly down the interstate going as fast as they can to take me to the hospital. Now, by the way, I get bigger. So <laughs> you hear this and, I, you know, they don't, the, the, the medical departments are not well equipped for big people. And so I'm, I no. wasn't even out of control then. <laughs> right, exactly. My weight wasn't even ballooned then. I was just bigger, you know. And they just were not, the hospitals were not equipped. Uh, the transportation services was not equipped. The helicopter just was not equipped. 
for someone with a large girth. And so we fly down the road. I'm praying to God, one that I haven't spoken to in many, many, many years. Like, please don't let me die tonight. And then we get there, and um, they do their magic. And next thing you know, I start remembering things. And I remember seeing my family. They're looking over at me. I see my dad crying, looking over at me, which spooked me because I'm like, why is dad crying? Was he know that I don't? <laughs> right. Uh, and, and ultimately, I ended up, uh, because of where I sat on the trailer of this tractor, I ended up coming out of this just fine compared to other people who got really banged up. And I was very, very fortunate. Um, and But in that process, in the healing process, I was out of work for quite some time. And there was a period where I needed help doing everything. I needed help getting dressed. I needed help t- t- taking a shower. All I wanted to do was just lay and sit there. And that's what I did to heal. I'm recovering. Well, okay. I don't know what I'm going to do with my career. I just stopped 911. I got the news calling every two seconds because they want to know what happened to me. I'm emotionally broken. I'm at my lowest of lows. And what do I do that's always been there? That's always been there for me. I turn to food. And I just remember that during this period I was experiencing, you know, when you have brain injuries and PTSD and all these other things, you really feel emotions. I remember my sister, she could tell that I just was not okay mentally. And she would take me to cookout and we would just sit there. Now, now she wasn't thinking about enabling me at the time, but she was like, you know, he needs to at least get out of the house. It's a place to spend time together with. Yeah. Like he's got to see people and she would take me out and I would eat and I'd eat and I'd eat and I'd cry and I'd eat. And I was trying to recover and I had all this pain. My back was killing me. My legs were killing me. Um, and, and, and time and time I would, I would heal. And, but what happened, I, I packed on a ton of weight, even more. And then, um, an incident occurred in 2014 at, at my radio station which ultimately led to me leaving the radio station. But it, that was a very stressful period. And what did you and I do? Because you were in the thick of it too. It was a, yeah. it was a harassment case uh, against one of, our, one of our bosses was harassing their employees. And what did you and I do? We ate. We were stressed. We ate. Right. Packed on even more weight. Yeah. That was, more, that was another stressful time. And so then next thing you know, then I moved to another city. Because I, I, I uh, ended up taking my night show, doing very well with that. And then Charlotte came calling, wanted me to go perform a morning show. So I go to a new city. Well, now I'm in a new city with all this other stress. I don't know anyone. I'm new. How do I, I've never left the small town of Roanoke, Virginia, to the big you know city of Charlotte. That's stressful. What do I do? I eat. I ballooned. It was, it was nuts. Um, so... You know, and, and then and then that's when I met Rick in 2017, and, and we lost the 100 pounds. Well, and and let's take a look real quick at the radio side of it down in Charlotte. Being on a morning show, and when we look at things in radio, we look at the size of the market you're in. Mm-hmm. And the size of the market you're in, what number market are you in right now? Uh, 23. 23. So you're in a top 25 market here. 
Yep. The morning shows are huge when you get into the top 25 markets. These are the ones that eventually, yeah, these are the ones that eventually turn into the syndicated shows that normally you hear all over the country. And these, you know, this is how this happens. These shows get bigger and more and more listeners get involved through syndication. Sure. But you're sitting there and you and I've had conversations on this. You were watching people come in, clients wanting to buy commercial time with you and have you endorse their products. And because of your size, you lost out on quite a bit of money some days because you were just too big for their product. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, of course, outwardly, if it was close, right? Yeah. Right. But then, but then, um, cause I, I couldn't fit, but then I think subconsciously they would never say it to my face, but I had the skills, I had the talent, I had the, uh, I, I hate, I'm not trying to be egotistical, but I had the popularity. Right. Um, we were a very, we're, we are a very successful show. Um, they had the budget, all the stars aligned, but then they would, give the um, spokesperson opportunity to someone else and they would be the spokesperson for the product and not me. And listen, you know, you would have reps come to you and you're like, eh, it's just business. Don't worry. You know? And I would tell people my thoughts and some people would just dismiss it. They're like, no, there's no way. There's no way. But let me tell you, I've been in this business now for uh, going on a decade and I've seen, I've seen I've seen quite a few things and and one thing that is true is that there is a certain image um that people do appeal more to it's it's ingrained I think from from the very beginning you know when we as a society we are ingrained that fat is nasty fat is bad fat is disgusting they don't have control right so you have all these um ideas that are kind of ingrained in you from the beginning. You know, the fat kid will get picked on. Um, Bad kid's the funny kid. Fat kid's the funny kid. Yeah, he's got to be funny because he's got to, you know, steer you away from the fact that he's big. They don't get the the pretty people. They don't. You know, there's there's all these things that you see in media, and I I I was then experiencing it in business. Right. And I would get so upset. But you can't go out and and call people out on it because you have no proof, and because majority of the time it's happening subconsciously. So then I would try to do everything I can for the clients I did have that I was a spokesperson for certain products. I would go over and beyond, and I would do everything I can to make sure that it was so successful for them, and just hope that the next time I was in a pitch meeting, somebody would go, "Well, look at what success Roy has brought to this company." Right, and, that, and that's what I did, and and I still managed to have a good spokesperson career, um, you know, along with being on the radio, and because I, I approached it differently, I approached my commercials differently, but I had to do that because of my weight, you know, um, you know, when you go to restaurants, restaurants are built for certain sized people. When you get on an airplane, certain sized people, roller coasters, uh, you name it. America isn't built for fat, but it is fat. Well, um, you know, you you made the comment when you had your injury. You know, there's a reason today that there are open MRIs. Yep. 
there's a reason that, you know, some of these equipment are, you know, equipment is they're changing every day for the simple fact of when you really look at the broad scope of Americans and the people that are living in America and what they're eating and what they're putting into their bodies, we are not a small community here. No, we're big, but we're st- it's, there's, it's still it's still designed for smaller people, which then you know I think affects the bigger people emotionally, and mentally, because they're trying to. Most people that are overweight, there's a, another psychological, there's another catalyst, there's another factor that's contributing to that, uh, and the, the, it, it it makes it harder on us. We're we're really at a disadvantage, and so that's when I tell people I'm like. You know, when I would fail diet and I was getting bigger, it was to no fault of my own. And, and by the way, it's if you're struggling with weight, it's to no fault of yours. The cards are stacked against us. Right. And, you and know, we it, would laugh. We would laugh about things because we're the ones that are dealing with this. And the only thing that you could do was laugh about things. Sure. When, you know, and, and it's really sad to say one of the incidents that we had. And I'm laughing. Thank you. <laughs> we were at a ball game one day. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, tell the story. <laughs> Leroy got stuck in a st- in a chair. I did get stuck. <laughs> it was so bad. My legs and my my width got stuck in this stadium chair. We had a, I had to somehow slide into the floor <laughs> and straighten out and then hike my leg over to the chair to get out. It was the most embarrassing thing. <laughs> and the bad thing was CBS Sports, <laughs> CBS Sports was there. <laughs> and they were filming this. Yeah. Instead of trying to help him get out of this chair, <laughs> they're, they're filming it. Luckily, so, it's, it was uh, what was it? It's not like the big sports. What was that? No, league? it was like CBS, you know, online or something. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it's one of those things where you sit back, and you know, all you really can do is laugh about it. And yeah. you know, and to this day, we sit, you know, just like we just did there, we laugh about it. And some people may hear that and go, "Well, that's you know, that's just really wrong." But you got to look at where we were at. Yeah. You got to look at you know the time that we were in, and at the time, both of us morbidly obese, and all you could do was laugh about it. And then, and it underneath it that laughter us. was pain. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't shame us because when no. we left from there, guess what we did. We went and got something to eat, you know, and it, but well, it didn't like, change. Because we weren't oblivious to it. We knew it was a problem. We knew. We knew. That's when I said we, every bite we took, it was closer to the coffin. We knew what we were doing. We just knew that every time we tried to fix it, it was too hard and we couldn't do it. We couldn't figure it out. Well, right. that's why you found this podcast because Randy has figured it out. I'm on my path of figuring it out and we're going to help you figure it out as well. We're in this together. Now, one of the goals of this podcast is that when you listen to it, if you're walking, if you're letting us be your walking buddy, you will have walked a mile while listening to this podcast. This one's gone a little longer than usual. You've walked well over a mile. So congratulations. Put a pat on your back for that. Um, 
Now, we do want to uh, recognize all the hard work you're doing. We have bracelets, way less bracelets for you, absolutely for free. All you got to do is go to letswayless.com and uh, sign up, and we'll send you a free bracelet in the ma- mail. It has our slogan on it. Um, uh, <laughs> I had to look at it because I forgot the slogan. <laughs> really? <laughs> Move more, eat less. There you go. Move more, eat less. It's simple. It's four words, but it's so true. Move more, eat less. Um, and we'll get you that bracelet to you. As always, that's we're going to have to wrap it up there with me today. Um, you'll hear more stories just like this of where where we've been and what we're going through. Uh, so so don't worry if you're, if you're wondering, well, I want to know more about Roy. Or I want to know more about Randy. You're going to hear a lot more about us. Uh, but, but we are wrapping it up today. So uh, join us next Monday. Uh, we release these Mondays, Monday morning for your little Monday motivation. Uh, we're going to be diving into some of the tips that we've been deploying uh, that is aided in our weight loss. Combined together, Randy and I, Randy and I we've lost about 250 pounds together, uh, which is awesome. And we're going to hear from you about your successful weight loss stories. But make sure you keep it here and subscribe and tell your friends about the Way Less podcast. We're trying to grow the army. And, and we truly thank every single person that has given us a uh, little over 30 minutes of your day to listen to this. So, Randy and Roanoke, I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Are you struggling with weight loss? Roy and Randy deal with their fair share of struggles as well. Together, we can help each other. Email hello at letsweighless.com. Any opinions and advice given on the Way Less podcast are not considered medical nutrition therapy. Seek assistance from registered dietitians, licensed nutritionists, or your physician. 